1: AM 1280, The Patriot, is WWTC, Minneapolis, St. Paul. FM 107.5, K298CO, Minneapolis, Intelligent Radio.
0: With SRN News, I'm Jason Walker. Emergency teams in Morocco now working around the clock, searching for survivors in the country's strongest earthquake in more than a century. Authorities say more than 2,100 people now confirmed dead, thousands more injured, many more are missing. BBC TV correspondent Anna Holligan.
3: British Prime Minister Rishi Sunak has said that a team is ready to go to provide support. U.S. President Joe Biden has also offered support. It's hard to tell exactly what's needed, though, until they're able to establish the full extent of the damage. And that will require the teams locally to be able to reach these most affected communities.
0: President Biden seeking to provide stability around the world by strengthening U.S. ties with Vietnam. Biden went to Vietnam for the first time early Sunday. This is SRN News.
1: Dennis Prager isn't sure he recognizes his country.
4: University of Chicago reports that 30 million Americans believe violence is justified to keep Trump from the presidency. Mm, It's one out of every ten of my fellow Americans. To think that I, I share this country with such people
1: is difficult. The Dennis Prager Show, weekdays at 11 on AM 1280. The Patriot, Intelligent Radio.
5: Just past 2 o'clock and you're listening to AM 1280 The Patriot, the right choice for your weekend. Hi, it's Marshall, and a slight chance of showers today, 70 the expected high. So $18,000 in gas and groceries. I know where inflation's hitting you the hardest. Get in on this at am1280thepatriot.com. You can enter daily, 13 total prizes, grand prize, a year's worth of gas and groceries.
1: The following program was pre-recorded, and the views expressed do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management.
2: Stand by for the Northern Alliance Radio Network, and go launch sequence. Engineering. Go flight. Master control. Go flight. Studio engineer. Go flight. We are go for launch in T-3, 2, 1. We have liftoff.
1: The Northern Alliance Radio Network is on the air. Live and local from the AM 1280 The Patriot Studios in Egan. Here is The Closer, Brad
6: Carlson. AM 1280 The Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network. Back with hour number two of the broadcast we'd like to call The Closer. That's me, Brad Carlson. Thanks as always for tuning into our show. You can check out my blog at bradcarlson.org or weigh in via Twitter at hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N show for any comments or questions. And as always, we appreciate you tuning in. And don't forget to follow us along on our Facebook page. Again, go to Facebook, do a search for the Northern Alliance Radio Network, and give our page a like or a follow if you haven't done so already. And, hey, we take comments or inquiries there, too. Direct messages via our Facebook messenger. However you want to reach out to us, we'd love to hear from you. And if you're listening to this via podcast because the Vikings game is going on right now while the show is airing, I understand we appreciate however you choose to tune in to our broadcast. So I want to uh, transition now to some uh, national news stories. Uh, I was uh, got together with a, a friend of mine, I get together with a good friend of mine like once a month. Uh, for lunch. And typically, you know, he's as, uh, uh, he's got the same political bent I do, and he's as uh, politically engaged uh, as I am. And we were talking about the recent uh, GOP primary numbers. And of course, you know, I've mentioned on the show myriad times that uh, those uh, big names that performatively hump Trump's leg are desperate for the other GOP hopefuls to get out of the race. In fact, they're saying, well, well, anyway, these other GOP opals, they need to get out of the race. The race is over, we need to coalesce behind Trump. Given all of Trump's uh, legal issues, he's going to be bogged down. We we need all these people to be surrogates to get out there and campaign on that. Donald Trump is the only one who can drain the swamp, even though he was president for four years and given his actions after losing in 2020, DC actually became swampier. I'll may talk about that in a bit. But I polls are consistently showing Trump with forty fifty percent, and the nearest front runners Ron DeSantis, who's been in the teens, maybe touches twenty percent. DeSantis got a nice bump after the debate, and there were polls in Iowa that showed DeSantis within the margin for error in that state. who knows i I just have a hard time believing that everything that's going on, if people are at all familiar with the dynamics. Of this race, there's no way Trump has 50, 60% support from Republicans. I just, you know, again, I've been very, very clear about my anti Trump stance. So a lot of you may be accusing me of wishful thinking or bias or whatever, or whatever else, or my, you know, my disdain for Trump is clotting my judgment. And you're entitled to believe that. That's fine. But the fact of the matter is, Every red cent that Trump is getting into his campaign coffers is going to pay his legal bills. He's not out campaigning. He's not spending any money in any ads. And again, a lot of people are going to point to 2016 and says, well, I didn't do much of that either uh, in, in the general election. And he ended up winning. Well, the events that happened in 2016 are not going to line up for him in 2024 if indeed he's the nominee. But I I just don't see how when you have all of these other candidates out there campaigning and getting their messages out there. and, And recently we've seen polling where Nikki DeSantis, or Nikki DeSantis, Nikki Haley, has caught Ron DeSantis in some of the polls and is even overtaken him in New Hampshire. And I'll go on record as saying if Nikki Haley is the Republican candidate, I would support her wholeheartedly. Absolutely I would. I know there are a lot of people who have criticisms of her record as, as South Carolina governor and whatever else and that, and that's fine. But it just it, it I I just find it hard to believe that Trump could be leading the Republican primary that overwhelmingly and yet the mega brand approval rating overall is like 30 maybe 35%, which again, it's not going to be enough to win a general election now the only caveat is if joe biden is the candidate then it this is the amazing dynamic right now head-to-head polls any candidate any of the republican candidates against joe biden has a better chance than donald trump and yet uh in the in the reverse is also true any other potential Democrat would do better than Joe Biden against any of the prospective Republicans. So really, when you think about it, if it's another Trump Biden matchup, that's the only that's the only shot either one of them has to winning the presidency. In essence, is if Biden is facing Trump and Trump is facing Biden. Well, I, again, I, I just I just have here's what's here's what's going to go down. Iowa is going to be close. Trump is not going to win Iowa. Hey, he lost it in 2016. And if DeSantis say Ron DeSantis wins Iowa and carries a little momentum in New New Hampshire, say Trump wins New Hampshire but not by the overwhelming margin, then all of a sudden, you may be rolling on into Super Tuesday, where key state like uh, South Carolina comes about. That's where you're really going to see this. But the, the the mistake Trumpkins are making is like, well, 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 race is over, race is over. Look at that, Donald Trump, 60 percent support. DeSantis, uh, you know, 25%, it's over, it's over. Well, you're making the same mistake as a lot of people make in that you're looking at national polls. What you got to look at is the early states in the primary process. If, say, Ron DeSantis wins some of the early states, wins Iowa, performs well in New Hampshire, say, wins South Carolina, all of a sudden that overall support that Trump has – may coalesce behind someone else, because that 60% support that Trump has, there's a good number of those people who are willing to support someone else. Okay, they just need a reason to. And that's where these Republican candidates really need to step up. There are so many sweet spot issues where Biden is an abject failure that if these Republican candidates just focus exclusively on that, you can make some serious hay. Well, I bring all this up because Eric Erickson at his Substack page kind of was saying some of the same things that I've been saying. Uh, The Republican primary polling shows Donald Trump running away with the race. The general election polls show Joe Biden beating him. Republican voters say they are less interested in beating Biden than voting for someone who agrees with them. Really? Something feels off here. Trump's fundraising depends on arrests. His expenditures go to lawyers and Ron DeSantis attack ads. No one has attacked Trump on the GOP side from the right, and plenty of attacks exist. More money has been spent attacking DeSantis than all other candidates combined, including against Biden. But DeSantis hangs on as the only other candidate in double digits. Trump himself and his campaign team behave as if they see something in their own polling that that indicts the race is not a sure thing. Trump's crowds are smaller. He has less money to fly around and do big events. As a conservative talk radio host with many pro-Trump listeners, they are far less aggressive than two years ago and are more often willing on air to admit they are with Trump in their hearts, but not necessarily in their heads. The older the voters, the more reticent they are for Trump. The voters vote more often. Those voters vote more often. But it still feels like something is off. The other candidates are actually drawing large crowds. Money is flowing to those candidates and not just from the large donors. The enthusiasm for the other candidates, particularly DeSantis, rivals that of Trump. An online one is far more likely to find a normal suburban voter who is for DeSantis. Trump's online crowd consists of many fringe characters like Laura Loomer. Nikki Haley's crowds are growing in New Hampshire and even in her home state of South Carolina. Suddenly, people are coming out and taking crowded rooms and turning them into overflow capacity crowds. Trump in the South is still dominant, but Iowa and New Hampshire come first, and momentum can shift. In a two-man race, it is much closer between DeSantis and Trump. It is not a two-man race, but I fail to see how long a herd Hutchinson, Elder, or Burgum can stay in. Christie and Haley divide New Hampshire from DeSantis and perhaps help Trump. Iowa, like in 2016, will be a struggle for Trump. I suppose he can rebound in South Carolina and Nevada, but are we sure? Yes, absolutely. If the election were tomorrow, Trump would be the GOP nominee and probably lose to Joe Biden and cost the GOP some otherwise likely Senate races. Biden and the Democrats will rebound, and Trump voters will blame everyone else like they did in 2020. It is foreseeable. But, thankfully, the election is not tomorrow. So to kind of piggyback off that Area, uh, if we have cut number one ready, Eric Erickson uh, kind of gave a brief monologue as to kind of an interesting dynamic, which is unlikely voters. You know, we talk about registered voters and, and likely voters, but unlikely voters are the category of those who are registered but unlikely to vote. And Eric Erickson uh, kind of uncovered some pretty sobering numbers for Team Trump, cut number one. The number
1: one reason a registered voter who is unlikely to vote, do you know the number one reason why they don't intend to vote in 2024? They don't think it matters because it's going to be stolen. 13% of unlikely voters say that they are registered to vote and have no intention of voting because it's just going to be stolen, it's rigged. And overwhelmingly, overwhelmingly, And when I say overwhelmingly, I'm talking 80, 90% of them are Trump voters. He's talked his own voters out of voting.
6: There you have it. Oh, we've seen this movie before, haven't we? Yeah, I'm talking about back in January of 2021. Remember the two uh, uh, Georgia U.S. Senate uh, races out of Georgia, the runoff elections, where if a candidate doesn't get 50% plus one on Election Day in November— the two t- the top two vote getters then go to a runoff those were republican held seats and the republican incumbents lost them both because trump sowed such distrust in georgia's electoral system that there were 400 plus 1000 republican voters who stayed home now again runoffs typically don't draw the same turnout as election day i understand that but the when surveyed A substantial number of those four hundred plus thousand Republicans that stayed home stayed home because they thought it would be stolen. So, if you want to know about all of the destructive fiscal policies that were ramrodded through the first two years of Joe Biden's presidency, they could have been stopped if the if the GOP hung on to just one, just one of those two Georgia Senate seats. Because for fiscal matters, you only need a simple majority to cut off debate in the Senate. The 60-vote filibuster threshold doesn't apply. You just need a simple majority. Well, it was a 50-50 split. So all 50 Democrats and then the tie-breaking vote, the president of the Senate, which is the vice president, Kamala Harris, breaks a tie, and boom. All of these destructive fiscal policies that were passed the first two years of the Joe Biden administration, you can thank Donald J. Trump. Because it was, again— his sowing the distrust in Georgia's electoral system caused so many people to stay home. It's like, well, why should I bother to vote? My vote's going to be stolen anyways. It became a self fulfilling prophecy. Do you really want to see? Do you really want to, the sequel to that movie? Ask yourself that. Do you really want the sequel to that movie? I sure don't. So again, uh, I don't doubt that Trump is leading the GOP field, but the idea. That it is an absolutely foregone conclusion is emphatically false, and we the people need to demand that. 651 289 4488 is the number to call. Brad Carlson Closer back with another segment on the broadcast. Go nowhere.
1: From Elk River to the Congo River and Cannon Falls to Niagara Falls. We go where you go. Stream AM 1280 The Patriot at odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app.
2: Hey, this is Matthew with The Kingdom Builders. The other day I noticed an ad for an apple pie. It showed a slice with the delicious sugary apples oozing out. Here at The Kingdom Builders, we're starting a new series where we'll share with you who we are and why we do what we do. We're a local, trusted, professional exterior contractor specializing in asphalt shingle roofing and seamless gutters. If you add up our collective experience and how long we've been in this industry, it's hundreds of years combined. We're small enough to take care of the little houses in St. Paul and Minneapolis, and big enough to handle large churches or commercial buildings. We take a genuine interest in the work we do. The estimates we send out, our customers, and most importantly, the families that live in the homes we work on. We wish the inside of our company was as yummy as an apple pie, but we found we're better at roofing than baking. Look us up at TheKingdomBuilders.com. That's TheKingdomBuilders.com.
8: That's 800-504-1123.
9: Looking to make a difference? Volunteer for your local fire department. Join a family that will serve with you, always have your back, and train you to be the best version of yourself. Visit makemeafirefighter.org.
6: No, I know that I can make you stay. Hey, welcome back. But AM 1280, The Patriots. your heart? Northern Alliance, rated network. Is me, Brad Carlson. Thanks so much for but tuning in. Again, feel free to weigh in via Twitter at hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N show for comments or questions. And you can also go to our Northern Alliance Radio Network Facebook page. Give us a like or a follow if you haven't done so already. And again, we accept inquiries there as well. If you just want to leave a comment on the page or via Facebook Messenger, Mitch or I or Jack will pick it up. And as always, we thank you for tuning in. Uh I there was a there was a um, stand-up comedian, Neil Brennan. I don't know if you're familiar with him. He's a uh he was a writer on the old uh, Chappelle show remember uh, Dave Chappelle's uh, sketch comedy show that was out in the early 2000s like 2002 2003 2004 time frame Neil Brennan was uh, one of the writers and uh, he is a uh, self uh, proclaimed liberal and uh, i re- i couldn't help but think of this particular clip when i am thinking what's going on in New York City, so Consigliere, if we have uh, cuts uh, two and three ready to go, I'll I'll cue I'll cue them. I'll want to play uh, cut three soon after cut number two. But uh, here is cut number two. This is uh stand-up comedian Neil Brennan, which with what I think would be a phenomenal idea for a new game show. Cut number two.
10: There's a lot of little conundrums as a liberal, right? Like I live in Venice, California, in L.A. Yeah and there's a lot of there's a lot of homeless people in venice but i'm from new york so it's hard to take la homeless people seriously (laughs) it's like once you work with the best you know what i mean (laughs) so so one day i get home and i got a an email paper email a letter we'll call it (laughs) And the letter says, we're going to open a homeless shelter. And as a liberal, I'm like, that's great. And then I keep reading, and it says, across the street from your house. I was like, oh. <laughs> it was like being on a game show. Like, how liberal are you? Like, ah. <laughs> I wrote a black TV show. <laughs> yeah, like, my neighbors, my neighbors want to protest. And I'm like, I'm not going to protest. I'm going to move. But I'm not going <laughs> to How liberal are you? would be a funny game show, by the way, wouldn't it? You're at an airport, and a Muslim-looking man asks you to watch his luggage while he prays.
0: How
1: liberal are you?
6: <laughs> so that's good stuff. So I bring all that up to say, so consigliere, if we have a cut number three ready. So uh, regarding the migrant crisis in New York City declaring itself a sanctuary city despite it being miles upon miles upon miles away from the southern border very convenient New York City mayor Eric Adams how liberal are you support
11: and let me tell you something new yorkers never in my life have i had a problem that i did not see an end to i don't see an end to this i don't see an end to this this issue will destroy New York City, destroy New York City. We're getting 10,000 migrants a month. One time we were just getting Venezuela. Now we get Ecuador. Now we're getting Russian-speaking coming through Mexico. Now we're getting uh, Western Africa. Now we're getting people from all over the globe have made their minds up that they're going to come through the southern part of the border and come into New York City. And everyone is saying it's New York City's problem. Every community in this city is going to be impacted. We had a $12 billion deficit that we're going to have to cut Every service in this city is going to be impacted, all of us. And so I say to you, as I turn it over to you, this is some some of the most educated, some of the most knowledgeable, probably more of my commissioners and deputy commissioners and chiefs live in this community. So as you ask me a question about migrants, tell me what role you played. How many of you organized to stop what they're doing to us? How many of you were part of the movement to say, we're seeing what this mayor is trying to do and they're destroying New York City? It's gonna come to your neighborhoods. All of us are gonna be impacted by this. I said it last year when we had 15,000. I'm telling you now with 110,000, the city we knew we're about to lose, and we're all in this together, all of us. Staten Island is saying, send them out to Manhattan. Manhattan is saying, send them out to Queens. Queens is saying, send them out to Brooklyn. No, Is that the game we can play? Open the floor.
6: Okay. So there you have it. How liberal are you? Apparently, not very liberal. You're all you're all big about being a sanctuary city and allowing people to come. and And, and Eric Adams, when, when migrants were first being bussed up from Texas, uh, called them asylum seekers. Well, they're not. They're not. Don't call them illegal immigrants. They're asylum seekers. Well, asylum seeking only works when you show up for your appointed court date. See, this is the biggest problem with this asylum. If you come through a point of entry. And say, I'm seeking asylum for whatever reason. Typically, it's from an oppressive government or fear for your lives because you're living in a, under a tyrannical government. And it's just like, okay, you need to show up at this court on this data, this courtroom, and make your case, and we'll decide. And then they're just let go. They're not held. They're just let go. And then they go anywhere in the country, never to be heard from again, not, not able to be tracked. And Eric Adams said, "Well, they're asylum seekers. They're seeking legitimate asylum. Really? How many of them are attending their court dates for seeking asylum? See, this is this is a lot of what these virtue signalers have done. Well, we're 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 sanctuary. All are welcome here. Well, apparently not. Now that you have an influx coming in, and don't you love how he said that ten thousand came in last month? That that's like a week's total minimum for these border towns in Texas." What was in July? They had 140,000 come across the border in July alone. And when you you complain about the resources being overused and stressed in New York City, imagine what it's like with orders of magnitude more coming into small border towns in Texas. How do you think that affects their resources? how do you think that that strains their infrastructure but again this is we're we're seeing this on full display classic virtue signaling and then you have the press secretary Corrine jean pierre coming out and saying no one has done a better job handling the border than president biden really when New York City is complaining about too many people, too many migrants flooding their city, how how in any sane world is that gaslighting allowed to stand? If only there was like a collective of individuals that came across and transcribed what uh, government uh, bodies were saying and and put it on you know some sort of piece of paper where it could be disseminated by the american public or maybe on electronic uh you know television or whatever if only there was a collective that was dedicated to calling out that kind of bullpucky i it's just, it's it's irresponsible and no one believes it no one believes it. this is classic. This, this reminiscent of Baghdad Bob. Remember Baghdad Bob 20 years ago? He says, wow, no, there, there are no American forces here in Iraq. We're we're good. You know, everything's fine here. When when very clearly it was not. So yeah, this again, this is your classic NIMBY, not in my backyard. And we talked about it last hour, too. You know, from a local level, in the city of Minneapolis, the people who voted most to defund the police in the city of Minneapolis their municipal elections back in 2021 were those who lived like in uh, uh, Kenwood and Linden Hills neighborhoods, these very upper crust neighborhoods where crime isn't nearly as pervasive as it is, say, in North Minneapolis or now, sadly, Uptown or in the neighborhood of uh, Powderhorn Park. I mean, you're having some neighborhoods in South Minneapolis where homeless people are just rummaging through mailboxes and taking people's mail, and nothing's being done about it, and yet you have people in the crime-ridden neighborhoods who vote overwhelmingly, "No, we need police. We need we need public safety." So it's just an absolute, utter disgrace. And I guarantee you know it's amazing when I, whenever I, you know, well, like St. Paul, my mother lives in St. Paul. Whenever I go to my mother's house, I see a lot of those uh, signs: "All are welcome here." And I'm thinking, and, and I see the, and sometimes I see the people they're out in their front yard, and I'm like, imagine if an influx of migrants showed up on their front doorstep, and you know what? I'd give them all the kudos in the world if indeed, they, you know, lived up to those words, but they they never do, they never do. And if you're going to declare being a sanctuary city, then why is Governor Abbott made out to be the villain here? I mean, he's doing the responsible thing. He's saying, look, these border towns where these tens of thousands of migrants are flooding across, these are small towns. They don't have near the infrastructure that you who declare all are welcome here, will send them up there. That, that, that seems to, be, to be, me to be the most compassionate thing to do. I mean, you're, you're basically saying, hey, we're a sanctuary city. All are welcome here. Really? Did you ever bother to put a number on that? This is what progressives do. All are welcome here. They never put a number on that. Kind of like fully funded education. We're going to fully fund education. Never quite get around to putting a number on that. So uh, this is definitely something we're keeping an eye upon. So when Gov- when uh, Mayor Eric uh, New York City Mayor Eric Adams declares, oh, my gosh, we've had 10,000 people come here just in the last month alone, you're getting a tiny violin from a lot of the uh, local officials down in these uh, Texas border towns, that is for sure. So... Uh, if only we had a uh, overarching body of government whose role it was to secure the border. That would be very helpful, wouldn't it? 651-289-4488 is the number to call. Brad Carlson, the Closer, back with another segment on the broadcast. Go nowhere.
5: The government is spying on you. No surprise, I know. But did you know the banks are helping them? And did you know that withdrawing your cash from the bank can be very risky? That's right. Let Swiss America educate you about this. Banks are now required to spy on us for the government. And they report any behavior they think is suspicious. You'll be shocked when you read The Secret War on Cash from Swiss America. This new war against cash is really a war against the Constitution, against all freedom loving Americans. You must read The Secret War on Cash. Get your free copy by calling or texting 800-266-6082. That's 800-266-6082. This war on cash is growing daily, and it also includes all forms of digital money. So please, get and read The Secret War on Cash free by calling or texting right now at 800-266-6082 that's 800-266-6082 message and data rates may apply
0: take your investment knowledge to new heights this year on the 2023 eagle financial publications cruise Join us along with The Money Show on a luxury voyage to the Caribbean and learn from top financial experts like George Gilder and Mark Scalson through workshops and seminars. Relax and refresh, all while discussing investment strategies with like-minded individuals. Secure your spot today at EagleFinancialCruise.com. That's EagleFinancialCruise.com. Eagle Financial is a division of Salem Media Group.
12: More than eighty million Americans count on AM radio stations like this one for news, weather updates, and the opportunity to discuss and debate important issues facing our country. But some people want to remove AM radio from new cars being manufactured, and we cannot let that happen. The Senate Commerce Committee has approved the AM Radio for Every Vehicle Act, Senate Bill 1669, and moved it on for a vote in the full Senate. It also faces action in the U.S. House. Your U.S. Senator and your representative in Congress are are in your home state during the annual congressional recess this August. When you see your senator or congressman visiting your community, please tell them you want their support to keep AM radio strong, vibrant, and available to you in your car. This is your chance to stand up and be heard. And you can text AM to 52886. Just text AM to 52886 and tell Congress to support AM radio. Text AM to 52886. Wild
0: Construction makes it happen.
12: Freddie from Wild Construction. With
2: the roofing season upon us, if you have been affected by the hailstorms of the last few years, contact us. We come out and do a full inspection of your property. We will send you our write-up, a three-year hail history map, and provide you with our inspection photos of what we are seeing while on site. For a free inspection, go to wildconstructionmn.com. That's wildconstructionmn.com. Wild Construction
0: makes it happen.
6: Hey, welcome back. am 12 to the Patriot.
2: Why can't you say you talk to me?
6: Northern Alliance Radio Network with me, Brad Carlson. Thanks so much for tuning in. Again, feel free to join the broadcast via Twitter at hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show for any comments or questions. And check out our Facebook page. Excuse me. Just go to Facebook. Do a search for the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Give us a like or a follow if you haven't done so already. And, again, leave a comment or question there as well. And uh, we want to transition now to our next guest, uh, Daniel Suer, who is the uh, was legal fellow at the National Opportunity Project. Uh, they're an education watchdog organization who recently surveyed more than seventy public school districts across the United States and found discrimination in hiring guidance, interview questions, teacher job postings, and evaluation criteria. This is uh, per a story posted recently at Fox News. I want to talk to Daniel about uh, this issue that has become pervasive and really how it was uh, kind of uncovered within the past few years. So with that, uh, we welcome to the broadcast, uh, Daniel Sura. Daniel, thank you for joining us today. How are you?
7: Hey, Brad. It's great to be with you. Thanks so much for having me.
6: So uh, we want to talk a little bit about uh, this particular issue that's uh, permeating schools, uh, specifically the hiring practices based on uh, dei efforts which of course the acronym for diversity equity and inclusion now on the surface uh, daniel sir you know being more diverse being more equitable when it's spun like that how can uh, how can someone possibly object to or uh, any organization being more diverse being more equitable being more inclusive but uh, kind of in uh sign of the times daniel Sur, is that more of kind of uh, a way to cover up for what's uh, really going on beneath the surface? Why don't you share a little bit with us?
7: Yeah, unfortunately, in so many of our schools right now, these these wonderful words, right, these things that we should uh, appreciate as Americans, like inclusivity, have actually become a tool for exclusion. Mm-hmm. What we show in this report is that uh, people who hold conservative views, uh, people of faith, Uh, People who aren't able to check the right racial box are actually being excluded from job opportunities, that there's discrimination happening in teacher hiring because uh, school districts are prioritizing these ideological criteria for hiring teachers over and above just being a good teacher
6: now uh, there's a issue that was well happened right here in Minnesota specifically a, a district in uh, uh, north minneapolis overwhelmingly african american students and some of the issues they've been having there is they didn't feel like there were enough african american teachers to say well you know for example teach math and they felt like students could relate better perhaps to someone who looks like them comes from their background maybe kind of increase the uh trust factor is there any uh has that kind of been the spin that has put on this because I know here in Minneapolis this is something that we've dealt with as well and and I understand that to a degree kids seem to learn better from someone who comes back comes from their a similar background but uh, are you finding also that it's being done at the uh, sacrifice of let's face it basic qualifications of the job daniel sir
7: yeah it's a fair question and what happened in uh, the north minneapolis school district i think is really outrageous Uh, The U.S. Supreme Court just had a case this last summer, right, where they were talking about uh, racial discrimination in college admission. And the Supreme Court made very clear that one of the fundamental principles of the 14th Amendment adopted after uh, this country fought a civil war over race was was incorporating this principle of colorblindness that we should treat people as individuals, that we should look at them based on, you know, to use Martin Luther King's phrase, the content of their character and not the color of their skin. And yet in the Minneapolis school district, we were letting go of people who were excellent teachers, who were experienced teachers under those criteria based simply on whether they could check the right racial box. And that's just wrong. It's incompatible with our fundamental American uh, commitment to equality and opportunity and unfortunately it is increasingly pervasive across our
1: education system.
6: Yeah, obviously the uh in 2020 during the pandemic there were a lot of uh, parents' eyes who were open to what's going on in their child's school simply because you know they had to be with their younger children more often via the Zoom meetings and they start to see firsthand not only the content of what is being taught but maybe uh also uh how the how the curriculum is formed and how uh decisions are made. So Obviously parents were first learning about this uh, during the pandemic. Do you estimate that that's a lot of when this started or had it been going on even longer?
7: No, my fear is that this has been going on for a, a number of years and we're just mm-hmm. waking up to it. Okay. Right. The, the parents getting engaged like has been incredible. It's been wonderful to see all across the country parents standing up. But what what they're exposing, what this report exposes, what the freedom of information requests that parents are filing what we're finding is that this equity agenda has been seeping into our schools for years uh, and that it's really become a code for an ideological agenda for indoctrination rather than education and so finally we're we're seeing it we're aware of it because of the pandemic but it had been going on for a while and now that they know about it, parents are not happy with it. They want their kids to get educated in the basics. They want their schools to be focused on math and reading and writing, not on pushing a political agenda.
6: Yeah, and and you you hear about parents getting more involved than ever before. I mean, it's it's swung a lot of uh, local elections. People are getting more involved at the local level than ever ever before, which is a good thing, but. You hear a lot of, uh, well, say school board candidates, they run on a platform of parental rights, you know, where parents have more information, you know, more transparency where their child is going to school. And it almost seems like the phrase parental rights are is being treated as being a uh, almost being considered a pejorative, like that's a bad thing, like it's a horrible thing, like, you know, allow teachers to teach, parents should stay out of the classroom. It's just totally backwards thinking.
7: It's totally backwards thinking, right? I think the apotheosis of this sentiment was last year when the National School Boards Association demanded an FBI investigation and said that the parents showing up at school board meetings were acting like domestic terrorists. Right. I remember that. that, Yeah. yeah, Like, that was the attitude from the education establishment, that, that parents and taxpayers, for that matter, shouldn't show up at school board meetings. Just let the experts do their thing. And what we've learned the hard way is the experts have been screwing it up. The experts have been focused more on this ideology rather than on teaching our kids the basics. And so parents should be angry about what's happening. They're engaged now. Like you said, they're running in local school board elections. Any parent in any school district, could undertake the exact same study we did at the National Opportunity Project by just filing an open records request with their local school board and saying, "Show me the hiring criteria you use. Show us the application materials that you use. Show us the essay questions that you ask potential teachers." And what you'll find will blow your mind. We had one school in the study that, uh, Brad, that asked art teachers. What is your philosophy for dismantling systems of oppression and inequality? Wow. That was one of the essay questions for an applicant to be an art teacher in Denver, right? That's happening in schools all across the country.
6: So obviously, whenever there is a a situation, maybe, you know, as we alluded to, perhaps the most qualified teachers haven't necessarily been hired because of a lot of the standards that are being implemented here. And so... If someone isn't the most qualified, you know, typically in your uh, in your private sector uh, situation, you know, that employee would be subject to discipline, perhaps even termination. But now you have an extra dynamic, an extra layer that I imagine you're probably facing now with the uh, with the teachers unions. What kind of uh, challenge is that posing in in this particular situation?
7: It's a great question, Brad. Like, what do we do? I, frankly, it's a real dilemma for the union. Uh, the the example you gave in North Minneapolis is, is a great one to look at because on the one hand, you would think that the unions are looking out for their members. And traditionally, unions have been especially sensitive to uh, the members with the most seniority, right? Like we've had lots of problems where school districts are hiring or firing based on seniority rather than based on excellence. Uh, yet at the same time, the unions have become so in- integrated into the modern-day left and the modern-day liberal ideology has so uh, swept across the, union sec- the public sector unions that uh, I think the unions are actually really torn about what to do in these situations because you have some union members who are committed to an old-school philosophy of seniority first, seniority before merit, seniority before excellence. And then you have other union members who are just totally on board with the DEI agenda and are pushing that through the union. Uh, but either way, what's not being put first is the parents, the child, mm. and excellence.
6: Once again, we are do- joined by Daniel Sir. He, a legal fellow of the National Opportunity Project Again, we're talking about the uh, study that their or the survey that their organization conducted where they surveyed more than 70 public school districts across the country and found discrimination in hiring guidance, interview questions and teacher job postings, as well as evaluation criteria. Uh, Daniel, we only have a minute or so to go. We appreciate you joining us. Uh, I guess one final question, and then maybe you can also uh, point us to your organization's website where maybe people can uh, stay in tune with this, get more information, and find out more about your organization. Uh, legal recourse, is there any that uh, that it can be possibly brought forth, or is there something uh, currently in process that you could share with us?
7: Yeah, Brad, it is important that teachers stand up for their rights. Uh, Not just the 14th Amendment, which protects us against racial discrimination, but also the First Amendment. Every American has a constitutional right to free speech that includes teachers. And one component of free speech is that the government can't discriminate against us based on what we believe. The government can't punish us for being conservatives or being people of faith or being patriotic and bringing those values with us uh, when we come to the workplace. And so if there are teachers out there listening to your program, uh, if you're a parent who's aware of this in your school district, I'd encourage you to connect with us. Our website's nationalopportunity.org, nationalopportunity.org, because we're seeing this in so many school districts. It's wrong. It's illegal. And we need you to join us to fight back.
6: Yeah, and Daniel sir, legal fellow with the National Opportunity Project. Uh, Daniel, appreciate you uh, pinch-hitting, joining us on such short notice. Uh, great stuff. We'll definitely uh, keep uh, our listeners updated on all of this. And uh, appreciate your time. Have a great rest of your weekend. Thank you.
7: Yeah, of course. Thanks for being in the fight with us against uh, indoctrination. Let's keep fighting for education.
6: Absolutely. We appreciate it. AM 1280, the Patriot Northern Alliance Radio Network with me, Brad Carlson. One final segment coming back in mere moments. Go nowhere.
8: want to take you down.
1: Sightseeing in Paris, at the mall in Bloomington, or on horseback in Dallas. We're where you are. Listen to AM 1280, The Patriot, at odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app.
5: Everything is expensive right now. Gas, food, you name it. You're spending more, you're making the same or less money. So, what do you do? You rack up credit card debt. That's what you do. It's not your fault. It's the economy. And guess what? If you rack up too much credit card debt like some of us, you can't pay your bills. Then the credit card companies, as nice as they are, start hounding you for money. Then you start your downward spiral. A smart thing for you to do is to call the Zero Debt. They can help you consolidate all your credit card bills into one affordable payment. Millions of people have done it. It works to make you debt-free. Make this free call right now. It costs you nothing to learn more.
8: 800-298-9093. 800-298-9093. 800-298-9093. That's 800-298-9093.
9: George Orwell's book, 1984, was supposed to be fiction, not a roadmap. map. He understood the importance of this mindset when he said, If liberty means anything at all, it means the right to tell people what they do not want to hear. Today, more than ever, our classrooms have become a place of conformity and not liberty. Join Rebecca Hagstrom and Abigail Johnson, as they lead the conversation about what's required to take steps forward in putting these liberties back in our classrooms and our country. Education America tackles the biggest issues around education, including critical race theory, racial equity, school choice, and so much more. Tune into Education America. Save the classroom, save the country. Saturday evenings at 6 on AM 1280, The Patriot. Saving the classroom starts with being informed and being ready. To stand up. Join Rebecca and Abigail Saturdays at 6 p.m. on AM 1280 The Patriot.
0: America is giving away its inventions and technology to China.
9: The Chinese Communist Party intends to surpass us and to be the world leader in innovative technology.
0: This shocking new movie, Innovation Race, exposes the potential Chinese takeover of 5G and the Internet, threatening America's economic and military security.
5: Dominating technology means you dominate the world itself. Watch the movie Innovation
0: Race now on demand or DVD at SalemNow.com SalemNow.com.
2: Hey, this is Matthew with the Kingdom Builders Here's who we are We're roofers that give free, no obligation Honest inspections For real, we'd be honored if you look us up At thekingdombuilders.com That's thekingdombuilders.com
6: Hey, welcome back AM1280, The Patriot Northern Alliance Radio Network With me, Brad Carlson, thanks for tuning in something wrong with the world today This is one final segment on the broadcast. Again, feel free to join the conversation at hashtag Narnshow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N show on Twitter. And you can also uh, check us out on Facebook. Just go to Facebook. Do a search for the Northern Alliance Radio Network. And give us a like or a follow if you haven't done so already. Well, if you listen to a lot of conservatives on social media, we're we're teetering on the edge. We're doomed, apparently. Uh, Kurt Schlichter wrote a great piece at uh, TownHall. dot com. Again, uh, he's uh, filled in for Hugh Hewitt on these very airwaves uh, on a few occasions. I've had Kurt on my broadcast on a couple of occasions. Always very entertaining. Uh, uh, can be very blunt. And uh, I won't read the whole thing, but there is an excerpt that did uh, catch my eye. About uh, well, his uh, article, by the way, is called "Stop Dooming." You know, everything is not doom and gloom. Okay. And I'll just read an excerpt, like I said. Uh, let's look at one of the most popular nightmare scenarios, which is that the Democrats are going to cheat their way to victory in 2024, and there's nothing we can do about it. Now we, need, now, we do need to understand that the last election was fundamentally unfair, but more importantly, we need to understand why. Yeah, there was some fraud in 2020, though the evidence is unclear how much of an effect it had, but the bigger problems were the, law, were the unlawful Manipulation of voting laws and the informal rigging that came from institutions weighing in on the outcome in an unprecedented manner. But this does not mean we can never win. It means nothing like that. It just means that we need to incorporate the perfidy of our opponents into every operational planning assumption we make. We need to beat them regardless. Is there going to be some fraud? Yes. But unlike the nonsense of the Nimrods with their cracking promises and kooky accusations, fraud is not about millions and millions of votes suddenly appearing from nowhere and swinging the election. Where fraud plays a part is in very, very tight races in very densely blue areas. You can get away with cheating at the margins, but it is hard to massively cheat and not get caught. Maybe we should focus on a little more... Uh, on a little more on beating the margin of fraud than on trying to just barely make it, since that is when fraud comes into play. As for the legal shenanigans, well, I would have preferred the GOP decided not to reinstall an RNC chair who botched the last few elections, but Donald Trump decided he wanted her, and he got her. And don't tell me he didn't, because I watched his staff personally whipping votes for her at the convention. Of course... I do understand the suspicion about conservative organizations with their track record of failing to conserve anything, but there are a lot of smart people out there doing a lot of smart things. And while the heads of our organizations haven't performed, there are a lot of orga- there are a lot of outside organizations that are trying to. These folks want to win. While well, it's not clear that some of the D.C. crowd really does. Amen. And that's that's the larger point I think Kurt's making here is who cares who's who's RNC chair. Okay, they're not responsible for getting on the ground and knocking on doors and reaching out to voters. You know where Joe, the Biden uh, campaign, outmaneuvered Trump in twenty twenty, is they? You know, Eric. I played a clip by Eric Erickson earlier where uh, a CNN focus group was talking to uh, registered voters who are unlikely to vote. The Biden, admi- the Biden campaign in 2020, identified who those people are and went there and got them out to vote. You may not like mail-in voting. You may not like ballot harvesting. But in areas where it's legal, if we're just going to punt and not even make an attempt, particularly in swing states, then you're going to lose. And it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy of... Well, you know, they vote, but they're, they're, they're just going to rig the election in their favor anyways. Well, when you hear the term rigged, read the book by Mark and Molly Hemingway, okay, about what it was. It was actually legal manipulation. And when Kurt Schlichter is also alluding to how some of the voting laws are rigged, you know, the classic example I bring up is in Pennsylvania. You know, absentee ballots, when they're submitted, if they're submitted incorrectly, they're spoiled and they're thrown out. They don't count. Well, in the Philadelphia jurisdiction, there were several absentee ballots that were spoiled, but they said, well, you know, it's, it's a COVID pandemic. There, we, we need to make some exceptions here. So what they did is they sent back absentee ballots and said, uh, you made a mistake in your previous one. You need to correct it. They did that in the Philadelphia jurisdiction, but in other uh, rural jurisdictions in Pennsylvania, they followed the letter of the law. Well, guess how Philadelphia votes. Guess how rural Pennsylvania votes? A little differently, right? And Biden ended up prevailing in Pennsylvania, though not by a lot. But if we're just going to continue to obfuscate and distract by saying there were suitcases full of ballots pre-printed for Biden and those were run through machines, you're focusing on the wrong things. Because that didn't happen. And by the way, there have been a number of people who decided to be volunteers at polling places and saw how the process worked, and they realized, oh, I didn't see what I was being told I saw. So there's kind of a little tip there. So the point is, stop dooming. Get out there on the ground. Knock doors. Get people out to vote. That's how it happens. So, folks, I've enjoyed it. As always, AM1280, the Patriot Northern Alliance Radio Network. Godspeed, my friends. Have yourselves a blessed week. by. Closing time.
2: Did you know that radon gas lurking in your home could be dangerous to you and your family's health? Standard Water Control will protect your household with their advanced radon mitigation system. Their professional mitigation team helps eliminate radon to improve air quality in your home. Contact Standard Water today for a free consultation. Protect your home and your family's health with a radon mitigation system. Discover the peace of mind improved air quality gives. Book today at standardwater.com. That's standardwater.com.
3: There are three words I want you to keep in mind if you're looking into wound care from diabetes or other problems you might be having. Effective, convenient, and caring. The team uses the highest state-of-the-art treatments to manage your wounds and reduce healing time. Our compassionate staff is the best in the metro, with caring hands and hearts, providing rapid, long-lasting solutions for acute and chronic wounds. Our products are proven to reduce healing time by up to 50% while providing superior comfort and protection. Instead of winding your way through those mega hospital parking garages, elevators, and miles of corridors, Genovation's Regen makes it easy. Just pull into our parking lot and take a few short steps, and you're at 4450 Aaron Drive, Eagan. Google Genovation's Regen. That's G-E-N-O-V-A-T-I-O-N-S, Regen. We accept most insurances and treat the cases others can't. Genovation's Regen gets you healing quickly, preventing a greater chance of infection or further tissue loss. Search for Genovation's Regen. That's G-E-N-O-V-A-T-I-O-N-S, Regen.
4: This is Dennis Prager. Now you can listen to my show when it's convenient for you, and without censorship from big tech, become a member of the ultimate online community for all things Prager. It's PragerTopia Unlimited. Listen to the show on demand when it's easiest for you. This includes every radio show, every segment, and every guest over the last 10 years, and it's commercial-free. You can even share your favorite segments with your friends. Plus, you'll get the same email from Alan Estrin that I receive every night about the most important issues to read about. Pragertopia unlimited members can also listen to every program, lecture and course that is in the Prager store. Thousands of hours you can even listen to all my Torah teachings for free. Share my passion for free speech, join today and save 25% off the first year and get a free Pragertopia coffee mug. It's all things Prager, Pragertopia unlimited. Go to pragertopia.com or click the banner at dennisprager.com.